0: Now, the first reading comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, picking up the reading from verse 10, going down to verse 18. In bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. Both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers. In the presence of the congregation, I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, Here I am I and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, He might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people." because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. The word of the Lord.
1: Our second Bible reading today is from Matthew. Chapter 2, 13 to 23. The subject of this reading is the escape of Joseph Mary and Jesus to Egypt, that's going to be the subject of the sermon today. It's going to be about getting to know more about Jesus, more about our Saviour, more about how to live out and grow in our faith. So, the escape to Egypt, Matthew chapter two, thirteen. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. When Herod realised that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Oh, Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. And so was fulfilled what was said through the prophets. He will be called a Nazarene. Uh, I want to tell you about uh, a little boy. Uh, He's living in Bethlehem uh, right now. His name's Aram, Um, but he wasn't doing well. He was uh, a troubled boy and he was in trouble. And it didn't help that he was from a poor Christian family who lived in one of the Muslim sections of town. He was an outsider. Things got so bad that he was in danger of being removed from his family. Uh, But praise the Lord, God worked through St. Ephraim's, the Christian school in town, and he started to attend there. The school also supported his mum in learning how to help Aram. So things turned around. Thankfully, now he's doing well. And uh, you might know, might be interested to know St. Ephraim's has about mm, 600 students. Uh, Christians are a minority in Bethlehem nowadays. Life is hard for most people in town because they're dependent on tourism. COVID's devastated that. Lots of kids in town live in homes with no heating or hot water. Some live in basements without daylight. It's especially hard in cold winters. And so it must have been like that, been hard for Mary and Joseph when Jesus was born that winter long ago. And they spent the first night, at least the first night, in a stable. We don't know what accommodation they found after that, but it seems that Joseph and Mary stayed on in town and maybe like some of our towns at the moment, uh, accommodation hard to get. I imagine they took whatever room or flat or, or house they could get. Did I say that they stayed on in Bethlehem? That doesn't seem to add up, you may be thinking. Didn't the wise men arrive that night that Jesus was born and then Herod tried to kill Jesus soon after, but then the family escaped to Egypt? Didn't all that happen in a few days? Well, it seems not when we read Matthew in verse 1 of chapter 2, he tells us that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the Magi, that's the wise men, they came from the east. So how long after, the afterward? Uh, a day? Uh, a week? A month? Or more? Matthew doesn't say. After Jesus was born. Another clue is in verse 11, that when... The wise men arrived in Bethlehem, they found the house. That's how the NIV translates, where Jesus was with his mother. Another translation reads, the place where they were staying. So a third helpful clue that Matthew adds is that Herod worked out that Jesus may be anything getting up towards two years old. We find this in verse 16. The wise men were guided by God not to return to Herod, um, he was a ruthless king. So he couldn't find out Jesus' location from the wise men and he worked out how old Jesus may have been and then he gave the cruel order to kill all the boys in Bethlehem who were two years old or younger. So Jesus was something less than two years. But if Jesus was just a newborn, a few days old, then you'd think even the wicked, ruthless Herod wouldn't need to put the age at two so that he could be sure that he would get Jesus amongst those boys. So, (laughs) scratching your head... Why do we think, why do we assume that most things took place the night Jesus was born and soon after? Well, I think it's because of our nativity plays and storybooks. When we have the nativity at church, which we often do, usually the shepherds walk down the aisle and some. Kids have got sheepskins on, they come down with the shepherds and the angel's standing up with the big star and the big chair in front and then the wise men come straight in, don't they? Soon afterwards and they've got the gifts and it all seems to happen on the first night. It's a bit like that also with the wise men. How long did they stay in Bethlehem? One night, Matthew writes at the beginning of verse 13, when the wise men had gone. And the NLT translates that, when it was time for the wise men to leave. Well, this sort of gives you the idea that they stayed for a bit of time, although Matthew doesn't give any details. Uh, Perhaps the trigger for their leaving was the dream that God gave them. When I think about it, if I'd travelled for three months on the transport that that had, I'd want to stay for a while where I got to, especially as I'd found the promised king. I'd want to take full advantage of my trip. I'd want to find time to go to the coffee shop with Joseph and Mary and just talk about things, talk about the, the story that we have in the Gospels. And perhaps I'd like to find others and find out all I could about Jesus. We don't hear the end of the wise men's story, but I'm sure they maintained their interest in Jesus and perhaps lived long enough to hear the gospel shared. You may have a a grandchild or a new baby in the family. So Jesus may have been a, a baby or a young toddler when the wise men found him. My newest granddaughter, Fia, has just reached the age of one. Maybe Jesus was about that age in Bethlehem. Well, she's mastered crawling, she's pulling herself up on things and redistributing whatever is within reach and is now standing unaided, thinking about taking the next step and the parents are thinking about all that that means. Jesus went through those stages now, I chose to preach about this subject, Escape to Egypt, because I've never preached about it. And you learn in college that a preacher should preach about all of God's word over time. Don't leave anything out. And, as you can start to tell, I, I learned a lot. Rosemary said, you're going to preach about what? <laughs> the Escape to Egypt... What are you going to say? (laughs) So here's a learning point. A learning point for me, a learning point, I think, for you. Read all of God's Word. As you read day by day, don't leave anything out because God's given that for you. All of it. Ask God to help you read well. Because often we've got something in our mind And actually when we read, oh, I didn't read that before, that's a bit different. Is that really what's there? Listen well and then ask God to help you to tuck it away in your heart well. It'll be like eating a good breakfast to start a day, nourishing for your soul. So, what happened after the wise men departed? Now, this does happen quickly. There's no delay. The angel appears to Joseph after the wise men leave, verse 13, and there is urgency in the angel's message. Get up or flee to Egypt. And there is a terrifying detail, terrifying for any parent. The angel gives the reason for the urgency Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. What Herod does is the way the world works. Even our politics has some famous betrayals and we don't have to go far in the world to find murders in high places. But what I want to highlight is what's going on behind the scenes, what continues for all of Jesus' life leading up to the events on the cross where we remember that Satan entered Judas' heart. I found these words from John the Apostle in Revelation chapter twelve, four: The dragon that is, Satan, stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. Leon Morris, our great Australian commentator, comments, Satan was hostile to Jesus from the very beginning. He sought to destroy him from the moment of his birth. So it was was Satan's work that led to the killing of the boys in Bethlehem and the attempted killing of Jesus. We know Satan did not succeed. He He was defeated, for which we give thanks day by day. Nevertheless, Satan is still on the loose for a time now he pursues Jesus' followers. You are in his sights. And Christians are now Satan's targets. This is the behind-the-scenes truth of what's truly important to know in life. Therefore keep your eye on the main game. Give the devil no advantage. Ask for God's help and spend your energy on walking closely with Jesus. By the way, if you want to explore those verses in the book of Revelation or others, I recommend beginning with Leon Morris's commentary on the book, It's easy to read and it's not so big. Joseph was in bed sleeping when the angel appeared to him in a dream telling him to get on the road to Egypt. As soon as the dream ended, he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and he left for Egypt. Verse 14. God chose Mary to be his, mo- his mother, we know that well. And he chose Joseph to be his earthly father. Well, what a beauty Joseph is. And what a privileged believer. He had visits from angels. He was there at Jesus' birth. He got to raise Jesus, provide for him, teach him. But on the other hand, what momentous responsibilities lay on his shoulders. And this was one of them, protecting Jesus. Ah, so I wonder how long it takes you to prepare if you're going into state A day before, an hour before, a week before, Making bookings? Uh, what about travel to another country? Well, Joseph left the same night. That means that he didn't dilly dally. And I'm taking this really to heart because I'm a great dilly dallyer. So all of us can learn from Joseph's obedience. He left the same night. He didn't even wait till morning. And he took the road that led straight to Egypt, that strange, that land far off to the south. Many years ago uh, I boarded with a godly elderly Baptist lady in Lindisfarne, not far from the big bridge in Hobart. At tea one night, as we sat around the table, what happened today, what's going on, What? how was it? She told me a story from the day and it stuck in my memory. A story that speaks of obedience to God. Well, that day she was praying and she had a strong conviction that she should visit a lady in Moona. That's another suburb of Hobart. So, she grabbed her hat, coat, and umbrella, always need an umbrella in Hobart, and hurried to the bus stop. Looked at the table, she'd missed the bus to Moona, and the other buses would take her off to town, and then she'd need to scurry round, find the bus to Moona, and she felt such a sense of urgency. So this is what she did. She stepped down from the bus stop to the road. She stuck her thumb out. (laughs) I'd stopped eating my tea by this stage. A truck stopped, as they often do, friendly truckies. Uh, And he gave her a lift and guess what? He was on his way to Moona. My landlady had a bit of trouble getting up into the cab. Uh, But if I remember correctly, that truckie took her right to the door of the lady's house. But I don't remember how the visit went. (laughs) When Joseph heard God's message, he did not delay. He got up woke Mary, grabbed Jesus, and left. Is God speaking to you? Is there something that you've been putting off? Do it after church. Or maybe you need to leave now and do it right away. We can learn things even from the passages that we don't normally focus on in the scriptures. Now what about directions for Joseph? A map? Safety? Places to stay? Where would they live in Egypt? Oh we can learn from Joseph's faith. He left trusting God for all these things. He would Grown in his faith. He had become prepared for this moment. I wonder what moments God is preparing you for. Now is important. He'd, he'd grown in faith, trusting God through that time of shock when he learnt Mary was pregnant. He gave himself to God when the rest of the town learnt that Mary was pregnant. And going against the crowd, he married her. He trusted God for safe travel with Mary, pregnant for the first time on their long trip to Bethlehem by foot and donkey and now they're going on another long journey to the foreign land of Egypt. Yes, we can learn from Joseph's faith. You have faith. Won't God provide for you in every part of your life? And then there's another lesson here for you, for us. Have you thought about why God allowed these trials? to happen to Jesus, his beloved son? Or to Joseph and Mary, his chosen ones, to parent Jesus? Have you thought about the families who lost their boys to Herod's soldiers in the days following? The truth is, that God was in control for each of those times and God is good, holy, loving, just and yes, he controls all things. Matthew helps us as these thoughts flood into our mind We read in verse 15, and so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. The big answer is that all these things are God's plan. It was God's plan for Jesus to go to Egypt for a time and then to return just as it was back in the day for Joseph and the children of Israel. Matthew quotes the Old Testament more than any other gospel writer. He wants us to know that God is always in control. So perhaps today we can learn not to focus so much on the circumstances and ask why, but to focus on God's word and to trust God. God's plans for us, you know, are more numerous than we can count. And some of those plans of God for us will be trials difficulties, setbacks and crises. And we turn to Psalm 23 in some of those times when we pray, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Joseph and Mary must have felt like that, looking left to right, wondering when a soldier would appear on horseback with a sword in hand. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. That's the truth of God's word for the Christian. And what of the experience of Jesus? Do you have any memories uh, from when you were a toddler? Now some people do, especially of Traumatic events. Uh, for myself, in the first two years of my life, we lived at Staverton. All those from Staverton, hands up. (laughs) (laughs) Phew, you're missing out. Uh, I remember a day. I remember a day, one, an early, earliest memory perhaps we woke up to snow carpeting the farm thick and I wasn't allowed to go outside to build a snowman. I wasn't allowed to go out and throw snowman, snowballs because I suffered croup. So I have a little picture in my memory of standing at the window howling <laughs> as if the world was coming to an end while others were out in the snow. We read in verse 19, After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. Just when they get settled, it's time to pack up and move again. Whether Jesus had memories of that time or not, there's no doubt that those kinds of times shape us through our family, through our conversations and through how others treat us. We don't know how long Jesus spent in Egypt Herod most likely died in 4 BC and that's how we work out times. We have to work back from that to guess at Jesus' birth date. In a way, it's not important. What is important is the impact on Jesus' life. Our other reading today was from Hebrews. Since the children have flesh and blood, Jesus too shared in their humanity. This is a precious truth. Every part of Jesus' life from birth prepared him to be our saviour, a saviour who understands a saviour who, for people who experience life in a fallen, sinful world. So do you sometimes think you can't make ends meet? Jesus knows what it's like to experience lean times and he experienced God's provision through the gifts of the wise men especially for the flight to Egypt. Later in life, Jesus said that he had nowhere to lay his head. His first night was in a stable. He spent many nights on the road. He stayed in lots of places. Do you sometimes feel like an outsider? Like you don't fit in or you're different? Matthew tells us that Joseph took the family back to Nazareth on their return, and includes a reference to the prophets that Jesus would be called a Nazarene. It's not about the Nazarite vow. It seems Matthew has gathered together reference references rather than quoting a prophet directly. Don Carson summarises, saying, Matthew's point is that Jesus is despised. A bit like Staverton, maybe, not really. Nazareth was a despised place, even to other Galileans. And then we think about Jesus growing up in town Imagine the taunts of the kids as Jesus grew up. Egyptian, (laughs) go back to where you belong. And who's your real father then? And your mummy wasn't a good girl. Jesus was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. So you can come to Jesus with full confidence that whatever burdens you bear, whatever's the deepest hurt in your heart, he has borne them to the full extent. There is nothing that you can hide from him. But, wonderfully, there is nothing that you need to hide from him. Jesus promises, Come unto me, all you that are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's surprising, isn't it, that God should send his son to suffer so much, to face want, to be bullied, to be tempted, to be threatened, to be hunted and pursued, And to feel every one of these experiences in the purest, cleanest, most perfect heart. If God called his own son to such a path, we should not be surprised that we also are called in the same, in the same way. When trials come, reversals, disasters, losses, we don't often understand it at the time. Neither did Joseph and Mary or Jesus as they fled on the Egypt road. What we do see in their lives and hear from their lips is the call to faith in God. Jesus said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your servant Matthew and for the story of the escape of our Saviour to Egypt and the way you brought our Lord Jesus Christ, back to Nazareth. We thank you for Joseph. We thank you for Mary and all who helped them along the way. Lord, forgive us for often being slow to obey, slow to turn to you. Help us, Lord, to be like Joseph who was quick, Our Lord Jesus Christ, we marvel that you suffered so much for us right from your birth. Holy Spirit of God, guide us in your word day by day and help us to grow into all that you plan for us. Amen.